Section 9 of Atlantic Narratives, Modern Short Stories, Second Series, published 1918 by the Atlantic Monthly Press. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Purple Star by Rebecca Cooper Eastman. Recorded by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. When the fifth graders returned in the fall, they knew to a boy and a girl that they were to go to room H, and they knew, too, that by passing over the threshold they would automatically become the elderly and dignified sixth grade. Proud and disdainful were sixth graders in that they carried the largest geographies made, highly pedantic, too, were they, because they coped with mysterious institutions called fractions, which occupied the clean, unexplored back part of one's arithmetic. Fearsomely learned were they in words of seven, eight, or nine syllables. To be one of such was to be indeed grown up. When the new class, half-timorous and wholly suspicious, entered room H, they were startled to find their thirty names already written in a neat column on the blackboard, with an imperative, Do not erase, underneath. How on earth had Miss Prawl found out their names? It was hard for Theodora Bowles to take her seat inconspicuously, as if she were no better than stupid Freddie Beale, as if, in fact, she had not been for five years the leader of the class. Theodora, however, was not nearly so obscure as she supposed, for Miss Prawl, in secret session with the fifth-grade teacher, had been informed that Theodora was so quick-witted that she usually called out the answer before the teacher had finished putting the question. Furthermore, whenever the class was asked to recite in concert, she invariably shouted the answer first, and then the rest of the class repeated what Theodora had said, and were therefore always right. The fact that she knew more than anyone but the teacher had made Theodora's life one delightful arrogance of intellectual supremacy. Pretending that she was royalty in disguise, Theodora gazed impatiently at Miss Prawl, and wondered how long it would be before the new teacher found out how bright she was after all the children were located at desks corresponding to the ones they had occupied in grades five four three two and one miss prowl opened a drawer of her shiny spotless desk and took out a box which proved to contain six new pieces of different colored chalk lying side by side the combination of the bright colors was so alluring that every child immediately resolved to save up for just such an outfit in order to play hopscotch in colors with every eager eye riveted upon her miss prowl took out the piece of pink chalk and made a very beautiful pink star on the blackboard directly after stella appleton's name stella it may be said always had a good deal of undeserved prominence because her name began with an a if at the end of the week stella or any one of the rest of you is perfect in spelling that person will get a pink star after his name announced miss prowl and she put away the pink chalk and drew a blue chalk star after freddie beale's name you will receive blue stars if you are perfect in arithmetic she continued and yellow she drew a yellow star yellow is for perfect geography 
green she made a green star green is for perfect reading and red miss prowl paused impressively red is for perfect deportment after this entrancing monologue miss prowl rubbed out the explanatory stars replaced the chalk carefully in the box and waited theodora's hand at once shot up in the air well asked miss prowl my name's theodora bowles said theodora and there's a piece of purple chalk in your box miss prowl that you didn't say anything about and so i wondered if you hadn't forgotten to tell us about purple stars the whole class leaned forward in breathless expectancy proud of their discerning theodora i am very glad you asked me this question theodora i keep the purple chalk for a very special wonderful reason thirty pairs of glistening eyes grew rounder the purple star is the greatest reward that i can bestow on any girl or boy it is given only for some very great deed for some deed which shall show that the girl or boy is either very brave or very kind or both although i have seen a great many fine girls and boys it has never happened that i felt that the right time had come to give any one a purple star but perhaps this will be a purple star year theodora listened with great dawning worship in her eyes how exciting it was of miss prowl to set up such an impossibly high standard and how altogether interesting miss prowl was too her eyes seemed much given to dancing and twinkling her voice was sweet and pleasant being especially persuasive when she said boy or girl and her smile was a blended maternal siren affair which nobody of either sex had ever been able to resist miss prowl made one feel a little ashamed as if one had never before appreciated what a privilege and responsibility it was to be a boy or a girl the new teacher's dress was a soft pretty brown dainty and fresh yes theodora resolved that she must attain the purple star and thus forever become famous just as she had arrived at this engrossing decision the hall door opened and mr wadsmore the adored portly principal strode energetically in leading a new boy this person this upstart this unidentified stranger this perfect nobody of a new boy faced the critical penetrating eyes of the assembled class with an almost superhuman ease miss prowl this young man is charlie star said mr wadsmore can you make a place for him beside theodora was an empty seat the only one in the room as it was on the girl's side the male aspirants for education with difficulty smothered their roars of laughter at the idea of a boy's sitting debased among the girls observing this ill-conceived hilarity miss prowl at once led charlie to the empty seat beside theodora if you sit here today charlie i will rearrange the seating tomorrow," she said as charlie sank into the place assigned theodora blushed painfully being nearest to the unwelcome masculine stranger embarrassed her frightfully her hand flew up in the air may i go out and get a drink she asked yes theodora replied miss prowl evenly she had heard of theodora's continuous and unquenchable thirst and had been advised by no less a person than mr wadsmore that the best course was to allow theodora to drink as much and as often as she wished 
after a copious raid on the water cooler theodora returned feeling a little bloated but much more composed and natural five minutes for whispering announced miss prowl at eleven o'clock a deafening hubbub immediately arose say began charlie star to theodora from behind his desk cover how do you like her he nodded toward miss prowl and winked theodora was unwilling to indulge in the intimacies of gossip on so slight an acquaintance where'd you come from anyway she icily inquired skipped up from the fourth grade you did halter was drowned in awe you bet it's the second time i've skipped at this school too theodora studied charlie with detached incipient dislike charlie must be very bright indeed to have skipped two classes she herself with all her brains had never arrived at the pinnacle of skipping and she had so much wanted to feel the importance of marching into chapel with the class next higher up and of smiling back at her old mates with condescending tolerance theodora did not know that she might have skipped several times but for the fact that her parents who believed in the slow unfolding of her almost too brilliant mind had begged to have her kept back all unconscious of this parental duplicity theodora was having some very uncomfortable minutes if charlie star had skipped two classes it looked as if the impossible were true that there actually existed on the earth a person who was brighter than she it could not be and yet charlie looked disturbingly intelligent but there of course he had not studied last year's subjects in detail so he could not possibly compete with her and when she received the purple star she would be entirely safe star why the new boy's name was star is your name spelled s-t-a-r she asked s-t-a-double-r replied charlie i'm charles augustus star jr he said in a bragging tone theodora gave a shriek of delight and punched the girl in front of her say laura the new boy's father is cole cart star she cried laura immediately shrieked too and so did all the other girls when they heard the news bewildered at so much noise miss prawl rang the bell and asked theodora who seemed to be a sort of cheerleader to look up the word whisper in the large dictionary and write the definition on the blackboard the cause of all the undue commotion was the fact that charles augustus star senior was in the coal business and that daily all day long up and down the city went huge coal cart trucks labeled c a star at theodora's instigation the girls in her class had formed the c a star club which was a very original organization there were no dues and the responsibilities were light they consisted merely of looking upward into the sky and of pointing upward simultaneously with the index finger of the right hand every time one met a coal car see a star was thus cunningly interpreted as see a star it rather spoiled things that there were no stars to be seen in the daytime and that the club members never met any coal cars at night still it was extremely good fun when you caught sight of a coal cart to point up and look up suddenly and to have the vulgar uninitiated outsider ask what are you doing and then to explain that you belonged to a secret order and that there were times when it was necessary to give the high sign 
as theodora was president of the sea star club she at once called a meeting to be held at the noon hour for the purpose of considering whether or not club members ought to give the high sign in the presence of c a star jr it was at length decided by the president who did all the talking that they would point up and look up when they met c a star jr outside the school grounds otherwise with charlie star right there in the same room they would have to be pointing up and looking up all the time and miss prowl might with reason object say said charlie star to theodora in the afternoon whispering period did you hear about the purple star theodora nodded she was speechless because she had just crammed an entire licorice shoestring into her mouth well i'm laying all my plans to get that star proclaimed charlie so am i said theodora thickly with black lips though there's no use in your trying i'd just give up the idea if i was you not much i won't i'd like to see a girl get ahead of me retorted charles witheringly violent sex antagonism sprang up full-blown within the soul of theodora this insignificant upstart who casually skipped must be taught the lesson once and for all that school was one of the places where girls excelled let us refresh our memories by reviewing some of last year's geography said miss prowl ringing the dinner bell which called the class to order ah thought theodora swallowing the last of the shoestring whole clearing the decks for action as it were i guess i'll surprise c a star jr now recite in concert what is the capital of maine asked miss prowl augusta on the kennebec shouted theodora bowles and charlie star as in one voice tear on the kennebec echoed the rest of the class what is the capital of new hampshire again the two brilliant ones roared the right answer and the rest recited curd on the merry mac vermont continued miss prowl montplie on the winooski yelled the rivals she's going straight through the united states in order decided theodora i know em all backwards and forwards and i guess charlie star will get left long before we get to the dakotas what is the capital of rhode island asked the wily miss prowl who had noted the absent look on theodora's face and purposely omitted massachusetts and she caught everybody in class boston on massachusetts bay the leaders cried and the parrots mimicked them miss prowl paused so long that theodora recalled her question providence and newport on narragansett bay howled charles star ahead of theodora and in a voice that could be heard all over the building theodora could scarcely keep back the flood of her tears charlie star had thought quicker than she it was the first time in all her life that she had been worsted and well those smarting tears were already spilling over and showing may i go out and get a drink she asked and from the depths of the dressing-room where she was sobbing into the heart of the roller towel she could hear charles the usurper yelling harrisburg on the susquehanna when theodora felt able to return to society the color which was usually in her cheeks seemed to have concentrated at the end of her nose and her eyes looked sopping wet her intense little being however was all afire with determination to win the purple star part two 
at the end of the week theodora and charles had each a pink blue yellow green and red star so had several of the other children for that matter but theodora well knew that these others would have an intellectual slump by the third or fourth week she was right for at the end of the month the names of theodora bowles and charles augustus star jr were the only ones that had a complete set of stars after them miss prowl now about what kind of a deed would a person have to do to get a purple star queried charlie one day when he had stayed after school for the express purpose of extracting some inside information from miss prowl that's just exactly what theodora asked me yesterday said miss prowl the trouble is i shan't know myself until the deed is done miss prowl now if i saved the president of the united states from a runaway horse that wanted to stamp on him would that deed get me a purple star it might admitted miss prowl that would be a brave kind act if you would only move to brooklyn i might stand some show yearned charles now miss prowl began theodora excitedly the day after the thanksgiving recess if i discovered something that nobody had ever discovered before would that be a purple star deed it would depend on the nature of your discovery theodora of course while the world could not progress without discoveries they are not primarily brave or kind that's just the trouble sighed theodora but she still looked hopeful miss prowl now would it be a purple star deed if i discovered that there was another sun up in the sky besides the one that we're already using if you discovered anything as remarkable as that theodora i should feel entirely justified in giving you a purple star replied miss prowl reveling in theodora's imagination but you mustn't worry about it she advised and you mustn't try too hard dear theodora could hardly believe her ears dear a schoolteacher had called her dear how romantic she felt she took her seat with such an expression of ecstasy on her face that miss prowl wondered what she could be thinking about now although miss prowl had asked her not to try too hard theodora under the impelling flattery of dear resolved that she would work more than ever to do something kindly brave or bravely kind as there didn't seem to be any deeds of that sort lying round loose waiting to be done theodora worked up a bitter grudge against george washington and abraham lincoln who before she was born had taken a mean advantage of her by saving the country and freeing the slaves still by thinking constantly of the purple star and kind bravery she hoped to keep in the proper frame of mind to recognize the great deed when it came along just aching to be done meanwhile she practiced brave kindness by smiling lovingly and saying sweetly good morning to the school janitor who was a faithful glowering old dog of a scotchman one of the few human beings who are impervious to blandishments if anyone ever spoke to him unnecessarily this janitor fixed a murderous gaze on the offender as if he would deeply relish killing him if he weren't too busy mopping and washing blackboards all those who were not practicing bravery avoided him as much as possible it gets on one's nerves to try to live in perpetual exaltation and theodora was very often cross especially was she irritated at the sight of charlie star being driven home from school by a coxcomical groom in a large gleaming red-wheeled cart drawn by a knobby bobtailed horse 
theodora herself lived just one block away from the school and walked humbly to and from the halls of learning she was not jealous of charles but he annoyed her because he completely upset her theory that all very rich children were correspondingly stupid usually one could work out the law of compensation very pleasantly and in a way that was extremely complimentary to oneself the only way in which she could revenge herself on her wealthy fortunate scintillating rival was to call meetings of the sea star club on a certain street corner past which charlie and his livery groom invariably drove and when charles was conveyed by self-consciously he hated the pomp and polish which his mother prided herself upon the sea star club raised eyes and right hands and gave its ear-piercing steam whistle yell charles always blushed deeply being much embarrassed before the groom and tried to wheedle theodora into an explanation of her acts she was however iron-heartedly incommunicative and continued her persecutions part three on a certain march afternoon when it was snowing most unseasonably hard and the children were drowsy and listless miss prowl dismissed her class early with instructions to go straight home and to change their shoes and stockings the minute they got there on account of the deep blinding snow theodora reluctantly called off the meeting of the sea star club and as she plunged home through the biting icy flakes she mused on the futility of trying to get a purple star there was no use in hoping to excel charlie star in the matter of ordinary stars because he was always perfect neither he nor she had so far been absent or late and neither had failed in anything the only solution therefore was to invent some way of being more than perfect as the snow continued to fall at night and was still coming down the next morning theodora besides her usual wraps wore a pair of shiny unused rubber boots a christmas present from her grandmother who had always worn rubber boots to school when she was little and thought that girls ought to now with a somewhat lumbering gait theodora waded to school and arrived just in time to see charles augustus starr jr being magnificently driven up in a regal sleigh with great accompanying jingling of bells and waving in the wind of red and yellow plumes besides charlie and theodora very few of the class were present and as for chapel well it looked desolate and emptily bleak instead of being hot and crowded as usual miss prowl went through the lessons rapidly and at eleven o'clock mr wadsmore put his head in the door and said that school must be dismissed at once there was a high gale and the children were to go home as quickly as they could get there the next morning the snowstorm had become a blizzard a dangerous monster of a blizzard in fact the one great historic blizzard the blizzard of eighteen eighty eight and the milkman left no milk at theodora's house that morning and the rooms were so dark that all the gas in the house had to be lit and the choreman couldn't come to fix the furnace and the fire went out everything was cold shivery and unreal outside the great banks of snow were impenetrable from the downstairs rooms you couldn't have seen people on the other side of the street supposing that there had been any people to see a policeman went by on a floundering horse but there were no wagons and there was nobody walking no red-faced jocose postman no icemen no sedate businessmen no scurrying scampering children as she pulled on her rubber boots theodora who always planned to get to school before the doors were opened decided to allow ten minutes extra that morning 
at exactly half past eight the scotch janitor always took down the big bar which held the double doors in place and theodora was invariably the first one in it was not necessary for her to get there until ten minutes of nine but she never ran the slightest risk of being tardy in all her life she had never been tardy or absent don't worry about me mother if i'm late to luncheon said theodore as she appeared in the dining-room door it's so snowy that it will take me longer than usual theodora child remonstrated mrs bowles surely you don't think that i'm going to allow you to go to school why yes mother said theodora with horrible misgivings none the less you couldn't get there alive declared her mother there's no one on the street it would be positively suicidal theodora began with tears and just the usual methods of teasing then finding these trusty old friends unavailing she launched forth into impromptu diplomatic schemes for extracting a yes she tried to trap her mother by means of a system of cross-questioning and she endeavored to weary her until she should impatiently exclaim oh for mercy's sake go but her mother for once was relentless her father had given up all idea of going to his office and while theodora was arguing with her mother mr bowles went down cellar to build a furnace fire he very rarely visited the cellar and when he did he always returned tremendously upset about something or other consequently theodora teased in a low voice so that her father shouldn't hear her through the registers she hoped to win her mother's consent and get away before her father wrathfully returned mrs bowles however seemed to get more flinty-hearted every minute when ten minutes of nine came and then nine minutes of nine theodora realized that never again in all her life could she say i have never been tardy she still hoped however that some higher power would intervene to see to it that she got to school at nine to be tardy was disgraceful enough but to be absent was a crime that could never be expiated suddenly she ran into the library and knelt rigidly on the rug which she had heard her mother referred to as a prayer rug and she all but prayed the soul out of her body that the rug would change into a magic carpet on which she could be transported to school she must have invoked the wrong deity for the rug did not stir even a hair's breadth but perhaps kneeling was not enough perhaps one ought to lie prone on the rug and pray she had just stretched out full length face down when the hall clock boomed the fatal nine now she was both tardy and absent she was just like any other ordinary human child she was undistinguished in any way well there was really no use in continuing to live and oh for a convenient way to die how badly her mother and father would feel when they found her stretched dead on the piano bench and how they would blame themselves for not allowing her to have her way weeping miserably from self-pity theodora pulled off her things and sat down to look out at the storm and plan her end come pussy don't mope exclaimed her father he had just finished a bitter dissertation on the short life of the modern coal shovel when handled by the choreman of to-day and was beginning to feel very good-natured again let's play backgammon i'm tardy and i'm absent moaned theodora who had about abandoned the idea of dying in favor of disappearing forever there won't be any school on a day such as this said mr bowles consolingly even the teachers couldn't get there and live this happy suggestion made theodora decidedly less pensive maybe and oh how she prayed that it might be so maybe her father was right and maybe after all she was still a supreme being one who had never been tardy or absent 
as the day wore on she became more and more hopeful her greatest comfort of all was the thought that charlie augustus starr jr who lived over two miles from school was even more surely a prisoner than herself it kept right on snowing that night there was no discussion about anyone's going out the following day for the whole city seemed destined to be buried in the snow which fell unceasingly from low inexhaustible clouds finally after several days when people were becoming seriously alarmed and some of them were hungry the snow stopped and the sky turned into a drizzling blue from which a blinding sun again looked down on the new white city and then men began to open their front doors again and shovel and pant and pant and shovel as they dug their way out into the world gradually there began to be postmen and butcher boys and milkmen and horse cars and newspaper boys and policemen and when theodora's father started for his office the long pent-up theodora was permitted to go to school part four although the small paths on the sidewalk were so slippery that the most nimble-footed kept tumbling down theodora was as usual the first child against the school door and she was the first to burst into the silent building when the scotch janitor took down the bar and the first to dash up the creaky wooden stairs racing down the echoing hall she tore off her things in the dressing-room and rushed into room h fearing she knew not what and the sight she saw on the blackboard made her blood run cold during her enforced absence the very worst had happened at the end of the long line of stars which followed the name of charles augustus was a prominent unmistakable new star it was larger than any of the pink or blue or red or green or yellow stars and there was no doubt about it for the sun shone warmly on the blackboard the new star opposite her rival's name was purple the new boy colcart star's son the skipper of classes the groom escorted never absent late or wrong charlie star had attained the unobtainable slowly theodora put her books into her desk and sat in her place waiting grimly for miss prowl it was only a few minutes later that the teacher came in rosy from her short run through the snowy street she lived only three doors from the school and said cheerfully without looking the least bit guilty good morning theodora theodora could not reply all the while the other children were bouncing in with shiny apple-red cheeks and a great flourishing of clean white pocket handkerchiefs theodora sat as still as a little china image in the midst of her chagrin she dreaded meeting the exultant look which she knew would be in the eyes of the winner of the purple star every time any one came in from the hall theodora jumped from nervousness but she jumped in vain because charlie star failed to appear even when it was ten minutes of nine charlie star had not come with a triumphant lilt of the heart theodora thought charlie star is late at nine o'clock it dawned upon her that charlie star was not coming to school at all and at the same time an unexplained lump of uncomfortable bigness suddenly developed in her throat she was afraid afraid that something had happened to charlie star she did not know why but a panic of terror seized her it was the first big real fear of her life the purple star on the blackboard became the sign of some heroic tragedy where 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 was charlie star well girls and boys 
began Miss Prowl, we have all been taking a very unexpected vacation, and there has been no school at all since you were all here before. Theodora's heart flippity-flopped with relief. All her sufferings had been in vain. She was still a supreme being. But what was the thing in Miss Prowl's face which made one sit so deadly still and grasp the desk cover so tight? I came to school on the first morning of the blizzard because I live so near, and one other person came too. Her little audience began to look frightened. The only child who came that morning was brought in unconscious. Charlie Starr was dead. Theodora had known it all along. At six o'clock on the first morning of the blizzard, Charlie Starr, without anyone's knowing he was awake, went out to his father's stable and managed to saddle one of the horses. And in order not to be late to school, he left home at half-past six and rode through the blinding snow until at nine o'clock he reached the school. And when he finally got here, he was so exhausted that he tumbled off the horse into a snowdrift. If the janitor hadn't happened to see him, there would be no Charlie Star in our class or in the world today. But the janitor did see him, and so although Charlie is pretty sick, he's going to get better and come back to us again. It seemed to me that it was very brave of Charles to try to come to school, and so I gave him the purple star. He doesn't know it yet, but I'm going to write to him today. And I want every girl and every boy who thinks I was right in giving him the purple star to clap with all his might. A spontaneous applause that at once shook the walls was due in part to enthusiasm for Charlie Star. Most of the noise, however, was caused by the exuberant joy of being allowed, for once, to make as much racket as one could within the sacred precincts of Room H. Everyone set to work to blister his hands, everyone but Theodora, who sat with folded arms and with burning, accusing eyes fixed on Miss Prowl. Holding up her hand for silence, Miss Prowl, with an inexplicable sinking of heart, said, Well, Theodora? Theodora rose, white-lipped. Miss Prowl, if I disobeyed my parents, or stolen out when they didn't know it, I might have come to school and had a purple star. I wasn't scared. I wanted to come. I prayed to come. She knew this last statement would have to be lived down later, but at this hazardous moment she cared not for that. I'd have walked till I died if they'd let me. Before she had time to sit down again, an unexpected adherent suddenly sprang to his feet in the person of Freddie Beale, the class dunce. So would I, shouted Freddie, desirous to support the distinguished Theodora, and at the same time to win a little unaccustomed prominence for himself. They caught me just as I was shinnying over the back fence, and they had to lock me up to keep me home. I ain't gone on school, but it would have been fun to come that day. It's the only day I ever wanted to come to school. Charlie Starr hadn't ought to get no purple star. That's done of his what in bravery. The greatest and the least having been heard from, everyone in the class then felt called upon to rise up and say that his soul had been sick within him because he was not permitted to come to school the first day of the blizzard. Miss Prowl was devoutly wishing that she had abolished the purple star before such zealots as the critical Theodora and her followers had darkened the door of room H, when, as if drawn into the discussion by fate, Mr. Wadsmore entered with a brilliant smile for the class and a rather serious look for Miss Prowl. He handed her a note and said mysteriously, From an I.P., and I'm afraid I think he's right. 
to the great delight of everyone mr wadsmore turned to the class and joked about an impossible prehistoric period when he was a small boy he now weighed nearly two hundred while miss prowl with damask cheeks and two brilliant eyes read the note from the irate parent this note was written with violet ink on heavily perfumed paper with a gold coat of arms and a gold border and it read nine thirty six clinton avenue my dear mr wadsmore on close questioning i find that my son charles was actuated in his daredevil adventure of leaving for school at six thirty o'clock on the first morning of the blizzard by a desire to win a purple chalk star he knows that he very nearly lost his life and he is hoping that his rash act may be rewarded in the foolish way i mentioned above he considers that he is a hero unappreciated at home and he is working himself into a fever over the whole thing i am a plain man miss prowl's eyes wandered to the coat of arms and i greatly disapprove of such methods in education unless you can do away with your purple star system immediately i shall be obliged to transfer charles to another private school which is nearer and therefore more convenient awaiting your reply i am very truly yours charles augustus star miss prowl read the note in a flash snatched up the eraser rubbed out the purple star opened the chalk box and dropped the purple chalk in the wastebasket what theodora said about the purple star is quite true she said soberly and i shall never give any one a purple star never as mr wadsmore left the room with an approving smile at miss prowl theodora's eyes grew soft and bright and she sighed with pathetic relief for the first time since she had heard of the purple star, the world seemed altogether right. End of story. Biographical and interpretive notes by Charles Swain Thomas. Mrs. Rebecca Hooper Eastman, a magazine writer of distinction, lives in Brooklyn, New York. Her father, the late Dr. Hooper, was for many years president of Brooklyn Institute. The judgment of his peers proved fatal to the glory of Charlie Starr. Miss Prowl, the sixth-year teacher, learned, too, with surprise, that if one is a dutiful child who neither disobeys nor deceives, he thereby lessens his opportunity to achieve the heroic. The literalness of Theodora and her zealots destroys any romantic impulse to make reckless synonymous with brave one is reminded that the youthful escapades which brighten the biographies of certain national heroes always making notable exception of the father of our country would not have met the rigorous demands of theodora's approval the conclusion is obvious it is difficult to become a hero and at the same time retain all the virtues particularly the much desired charity and who would be judge let the order of the purple star be abolished suggested points for study and comment one what is the author's purpose in writing this story two what are the chief points of interest besides this well-defined purpose three are you satisfied with the outcome of the story could you suggest any other way of meeting the problem four do you find the characters real is theodora typical five why is it necessary to make character and setting somewhat subordinate? 6. Do you like the introduction? What is the basis of its charm? 7. Do you find the author critical of other things outside the immediate purpose of the story? 
end of the purple star